Welcome to Glassbones Hockey Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Franz. With me today is our second guest of the week. Uh, he is Matt's older brother. Uh, not in maturity, but he's his <laughs> older brother. <laughs> and we've spent the last 30 minutes preparing for this and have not stopped laughing. So this one should be really fun. Uh, so welcome to the Glassbones Hockey Podcast, buddy. Thanks, man. It's, uh, it's nice to finally be here. Um, I cannot believe that I'm going second to Shane. I mean, really? Come on. Of all people, Shane? He's a Penguins fan. Like, you know, he leaves me a note with Latang's face on it. Like, come on. You're killing me, man. Uh, and that was a broken promise on my on my part because I told Zach he'd be our first guest. And then all of a sudden I snuck Shane in here. So he's a little salty about that. So just a little. Just <laughs> so. All right. Well, you ready to start talking hockey? Oh, yeah, man. All right. Always. Well, we'll open this up and we got to bring up the Flyers right away because I had Shane give me his opinions on the Penguins and that took us about 15 minutes. So let's see if you can beat that. (laughs) Oh, you're trying to tell me to out talk somebody? (laughs) That's easy. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've been a Flyers fan as long as I've been watching professional hockey. Um, Definitely don't like where they've been. like where they're going. Um, I think, uh, Matt did, uh, every Philly fan justice with how bad he crapped on Chuck the last time. So I don't feel any need to talk about the past, the past is the past. So I'm going to move on to the future. Um, I really like where Danny Breer's taking the flyers. Um, one of my favorite players growing up watching, love Danny B, uh, love playoff Danny B, you know, just so much fun to watch. Um, so I'm very excited to see what he can do. Uh, as a general manager, because obviously no experience, you know, like it's going to be interesting to see starts out with making a couple of trades. Um, some of them I like, some of them not a huge fan. You know, it's kind of one of those things like Kevin Hayes. Everybody's like, oh, they got nothing for Kevin Hayes. It's like, well, they weren't going to get anything for Kevin Hayes. You know, he's seven million dollar man, you know, and doesn't produce at a seven million dollar man. So. um I like the the couple signings he's done, um, bringing in Victor Mente, um, re-signing Noah Cates, re-signing Cam York. I love those moves, especially Noah Cates. I really feel like he's a young Sean Couturier, which I'm really, really excited to watch him go. Um, and I think he has a, a higher ceiling than Sean Couturier. Uh, I think he has more offensive potential. So that's exciting. Uh Still not sure how I feel about Tortorella behind the bench. Uh, I think he's definitely a shelf life coach. I, I mean, give the man the respect that it, that's he's earned. He's an incredible coach. But at the same rate, I just don't know how I feel about it. You know, again, I'm just a fan, so it doesn't matter what my opinion is at the end of the day. But I do like the steps they're making. Um, I love Keith Jones as president. Always liked Keith Jones. Love listening to him talk the game. And guy knows the game really well. So I'm very excited to see where he's going to go, what he's going to do. But, you know, we'll see where things play. Um, they got a lot of stuff to figure out. You know, I really like where they're taking things. I'm curious to see what his plans are with Carter Hart, Travis Konechny. Uh I think we all know Sanheim's probably going to stick around now, which I'm all right with. I do think Sanheim is... He's a good. He's going to eat a lot of minutes, uh, and he's also not signed to a brutal contract. 
six point, I think it's six point two five. I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like that contract for him. You know, it's a little high. You know, if you could got him the five million, I would love that. But every player wants their money. So, but I am very excited uh, as a Flyers fan to see them actually tear down and rebuild it finally, instead of oh, every summer we're gonna retool and retool. And it's like, just stop. You know, stop with the re- stop with the retooling and rebuild it the way it's supposed to be. So I'm excited for that. Um, like I said, you know, we'll, we'll see where things play out. And uh, I'm definitely, I'm encouraged. You know, like you say all the time, you're a positive fan. I try to be the same. So I do like to look at the positives um, and, you know, see what happens. So, yeah, you, you mentioned about playoff Briere. I think that uh, Hartnell, Villileno, mm-hmm. yeah. and Briere line was so fun to watch. Was that 2010, yeah. their playoff run they went on? I think that might have been one of the best playoff lines of all time for like a full playoff run. Mm-hmm. They were insane. Mm-hmm. Felt like every time they needed a goal, one mm-hmm. of those three guys were scoring. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, I always find it. I keep I still can't say Keith Jones, the president of the Flyers, with a straight face. <laughs> like it's so hard. Like, so if people aren't from around this area, Keith Jones was on the morning show on the sports radio mm-hmm. talk. I mean, that guy was on there making fart jokes constantly. Like it's so hard to believe, mm-hmm. but he is the man for the job. Yeah, and. Shane made a good point last night when I was talking to him about it. He brought up uh, Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. When, the, yeah. when the Eagles hired Doug Peterson, it was like, uh-oh, because it just felt like he was the right guy for the job. Mm-hmm. It was literally just a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. But I think most people thought like, yeah, I think he fits this team really well. Like He has the mentality of Philly. Mm-hmm. He knows what he needs to do. And that's the same with Jones and Briere. So mm-hmm. it should, if I'm a Flyers fan, I am just so pumped right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, I still like going back to that 2010 run. You know, I'm not one to live in the past too much, but it is fun to pull up on YouTube the 2010 run and just seeing some of those highlights and some of the things they pulled off, the comebacks, uh, the games where it was like they just had nothing going. And, you know, you know, you got to give hand or credit where credit's due. Peter Laviolette's ability to adjust during games, especially in that time, was unbelievable. I mean, that that run was not just because of the players, but because of the coach adjusting things. You know, I always think about that timeout against the Bruins. When he called the timeout, he says, just one. And that next shift, JV guard goes out there and gets one of the most garbage playoff goals I've ever seen. But like that, it would just it flipped the switch for us, yep. you know? Yeah. I mean, I hated that run. But no, as a hockey <laughs> fan, though, you love that run. That was awesome. I, it, it sucked at the time. Yeah. But looking back on it that run was so fun because especially you know boucher and michael layton as your goalies Mm -hmm. and it's funny because i remember back then a lot of my friends at the time were always complaining like we want a stanley cup winning goaltender we want a stanley cup winning goaltender well the three goalies that were playing in that cup final were michael layton brian boucher and anti niemi i'm like who's a stanley cup winning goaltender (laughs) it's just whoever gets hot Mm -hmm. at the right time yeah and laviolette like you said looking back on that that was so fun just Mm -hmm. seeing he would just randomly start Boucher. He's like, why? When he'd go out and like pitch a shutout. Mm-hmm. And then next game, we'll have six goals. And Leighton would come in and pitch a shutout. It was mm-hmm. crazy. It was mm-hmm. so, it's cool. Yeah. It's fun to go down memory lane sometimes, yeah. especially. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of is the whole point that's been so frustrating because mm-hmm. those are the memories you have of the Flyers because mm-hmm. there were some very fun years there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they tried to do the retool thing. Mm-hmm. And it's been retooling mm-hmm. for what, six, seven years now? And it's just well, been pretty much so Drew's entire career as a flyer. They yep. were retooling every year, which was so frustrating because, you know, 
probably my favorite flyer of all time is Claude Giroux. Yeah. Uh, I love the guy. I have nothing but, but love for him. And, and, you know, I was happy to see him get out of the flyers, but I was definitely sad to see him go. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of fans out there that hate him and that's their opinion. You know, my opinion is he was, I think one of the best flyers, but he never had anything around him. You know, he gets to Ottawa for one year, puts up 34, 35 goals and looks like a natural playmaker because that's what he is. You don't bring him in a guy like Voracek, who is basically what Drew is, a playmaker. You know, like they just never gave him the true weapons that he needed, which was frustrating for sure. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Uh, one name you did bring up earlier, I do want to mention, is Sean Couturier. Mm-hmm. I still think he has a huge part of this team's future. Mm-hmm. And his injuries these last couple of years have just been killing them. Mm-hmm. Now, like that part, I I don't like to give anybody like Fletcher the benefit of the doubt. But losing a number one center like mm-hmm. that is very hard to replace. Now, mm-hmm. that's no excuse mm-hmm. because everyone behind him was terrible. Mm-hmm. Bringing Kevin Hazen at the $7 million is not going to replace Sean Couturier when he goes down. Mm-hmm. So... That's no excuse, but losing a guy like that, I'm excited to see him come back and let's keep our fingers crossed that he can stay healthy because he's going to be a big part of this re- this new rebuild slash retool, in my opinion. Yeah, and on top of it, too, the nice thing with Couturier is the fact that he's 30, mm-hmm. 31. I think he'll be 31 at the end of this year. Um, he's just a little older than I am. And, you know, he's realistically, for this type of play he plays – He's in when Bergeron started winning all the selfies. So I do think that Couturier has the ability to change the total dynamics of a team. Uh, and and it does. It, you know, obviously, you, you can fold injuries as much as you want. Couturier being on this team last year, yeah, they would have gotten maybe four or five, maybe ten more wins. But they're not a playoff team with him. Everybody else has to contribute in order to be a playoff team. and. Just because you have one guy that's hot doesn't mean anything. You know, like, you, you need a whole team. I mean, obviously, you see Vegas wins the cup with every single one of their players was hot. It's mm-hmm. not like they had any of their big names being, like, producing nothing in the playoffs. Like, every single one of them had, whether it was just an assist or plus minus, was good. Like, you know, even, you know, guys like Eichel, who didn't score a lot, still had 20 I think it was like 28 29 points in the playoffs like that's really good you know like just because you're not scoring doesn't mean you're not you know producing for your team so yeah uh I just want to transition over to the Tony D'Angelo buyout uh I think to me right away my first reaction to that was first off he's a locker room cancer I think we've all you just got to accept that at this point and it's a shame because there's definitely talent there. But I just don't think he has the mentality to be an NHL player, mm-hmm. honestly. And be in a locker room for 82 games is a long, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. So that buyout to me, my first reaction was one, that, and two, let's get this stupid Chuck Fletcher mistake out mm-hmm. of here and mm-hmm. let's just move on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, curious to see what you have to say mm-hmm. about that. It's hard because, you know, I'm one of probably very, very few people who really like D'Angelo. I love watching the guy play. I mean, he is such a fun player to watch. Yes, he is brutal in his all, his own zone, for sure. Eric Carlson just won the Norris, and he, in my mind, is the worst defenseman in the league. Just because he puts up points don't mean nothing. Um, 
the thing I didn't like with D'Angelo is yes, he is a head case for sure. Uh, and you know, the, the thing that's hard for him is he's going to a team with a coach like Tortorella, who's not going to take any of that. And that's unfortunate. You know, like I do think he has a lot to provide to a team, but you know, it's just kind of realizing what's good and bad. And sometimes you need to just cut ties and walk away. And I, I think that was a good move on Danny, Danny Breer's end of just cutting it loose and just being like, Hey, sorry, it's not going to work out here. Like, and just move on. This team is not a place for him anyway, because he's going to be more looking to, to win now instead of waiting five to seven years like the Flyers are probably going to be looking at or should be looking at, I should say. Um, so I, I think it was a good move on Danny Breer's end to just cut ties and just walk away. Uh, I mean, I do hope that D'Angelo finds himself on another team and, and can show people that he can still really play, but you know, he, he has burned a lot of bridges, unfortunately. And to recover from that, that's going to be hard. So I'm very curious to see where he goes, if he goes anywhere. Like we were talking, like you and Matt were talking a couple of weeks ago about how many free agents are still free agents. Uh, I think guys like him are going to be the perfect example of PTOs. Where he goes to a team, probably Pittsburgh. And does a professional tryout because you know what? What better for Pittsburgh than sign a older right shot defenseman to too much money? So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Caught that one. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Uh, you know, it, it, but it's it is what it is. You know, I I think that um, I mean, I would love to watch D'Angelo come over and play some roller hockey. That would be. You see all these NHL players starting to make a transition into roller a little bit more in the summers, like Pat Maroon, Adam Murray, you know, some of those guys. I would love to watch him play some roller hockey. But so, D'Angelo, if you're listening, come play for Iron Knights. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, you mentioned about D'Angelo and Pittsburgh. You know, honestly, it's not if, a bad move. If, actually. if they're if they're going, if they're ultimately trying to get Eric Carlson. Yeah, I would rather just take D'Angelo on a cheaper deal because I don't think he does anything different than Carlson mm-hmm. does. Now Carlson's obviously a lot more skilled, but production on a team as your second line right shot defenseman, mm-hmm. I think D'Angelo would be just fine there yeah. if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Me personally, I don't understand why that's what they're looking for, no. but th- that's again that's why I'm sitting at this table here and I'm not a general manager. <laughs> but he. Uh, if that's what you're going for, then just sign D'Angelo to a one times one because I'm sure that's what he'll take and just run with that. So it's actually not that terrible of a fit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dubis does what Dubis does. Nobody understands except Dubis. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not a brutal move. Like, I can think of tons of teams that I feel like he'd be a good, you know, good fit for, but that's not what we're here to talk about is where D'Angelo should go. Like, that's this is a hockey podcast, not a D'Angelo podcast. Yeah. So. You know, we can move on from that. Yeah, but. yeah, we, we've we done enough, D'Angelo, talk. Uh, so uh, me and Matt have not been able to really do many league updates, so I'm going to turn this to his brother, and we're going to start talking about a couple things that have happened. Uh, so Alex DeBrinkett was traded from the Ottawa Senators to the Detroit Red Wings for a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, Dominic Kubalik, and a prospect. I'm not going to try to say his name unless you can. Nope, I'm not going to try. I so, can hear Matt whispering in my head. Yeah, Matt is so mad at me right now. <laughs> but, 
that's why he's our host and I'm <laughs> filling in. So, But anyway, so my initial reaction to this trade was, okay, that's literally what I said. Okay. I, it's a shame. The Brinkett went for a seventh overall pick just mm-hmm. last offseason. Mm-hmm. Now, I always say, one of the things I always say is I respect teams when they make a move, a big move like that, and recognize early, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Instead of giving him a big deal, mm-hmm. this is just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So they uh, were shopping him around, it felt like, for three weeks, and nothing was hitting. And then the trade went through, and I'm like, okay. It's good return for Ottawa mm-hmm. for accepting that he's not. I mean, he didn't. Well, it's hard to say he has value. He literally went to a team that was supposed to go for a playoff push, had a meh season, mm-hmm. and is now tr- they're trying their best to trade him. Mm-hmm. That's not. It's one of those things when you hear fans go, "Trade this guy, trade this guy. He sucks. We can get a lot for him." <laughs> well, if he sucks, you're not going to get a lot for him. I hate when people say that. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of one of those things, like. The fact that they did get a conditional first round pick out of it mm-hmm. and Kubalik, who is an NHL just goal scorer, pure mm-hmm. goal scorer, it's all he does. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not terrible return on the Detroit side, in my opinion. Honestly, I kind of don't get it. Mm-hmm. Detroit's a team that's just confusing the heck out of me. <laughs> the moves that they've made these last two off seasons mm-hmm. are just, hey, Steve Eiserman's proven a lot of people wrong over the years. Yeah. But one thing, he had in Tampa that he does not have here is Stamkos, mm-hmm. is Hedman, is Kucherov. He created in Vasilevsky. Now he did create a lot of that, mm-hmm. yeah. but he doesn't have that in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier to build around those guys than what he's trying to build around in what in Detroit. He, I think he's bringing guys in, expecting them to just be that, and they're just not. So yeah, I, that was just my opinion, my first reaction to it. And I still haven't fully analyzed it too deep to like understand. I think it's one of those we'll wait and see more than anything. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, my 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 take on it was okay. I agree. You know, like uh, kind of what you said. Okay, you know, not quite sure why they did that, but uh, you know, like Ottawa, I like that move for Ottawa since, uh, I think the Rinkett made it kind of known to them that he was not planning on resigning with them, uh, due to being in Canada. Uh, you know, so I think they knew that and they took what was thrown at them that they thought was the best offer for Detroit's sake. I agree. I'm not sure what Yajman's doing. I have no idea what direction he's trying to take this team, but I'm excited to see where he goes with it. I think Debrinkin being on a line with Dylan Larkin, uh, you know, playing with some of those guys could help. I also am curious because some of the rumors I've heard is that Debrinkin's trying to pull Patrick King to come to Detroit to play with him. So, hot take. Does he go there? Who knows? I'd love to see that. I mean, watching Patrick King play with Debrinkin was unreal. You know, but at the same rate, we all thought that Panarin and Kane were the craziest duo ever. He goes to the New York and half the time's not even playing on a line with Panarin. So, yeah, that's that's my thought. I, I do think that Detroit's got some stuff they got to figure out what they're doing with some of their prospects. You know, I, I do like the fact that they kind of cut ties with Zadina. Not quite sure why they did that, but I also feel like it's the exact same thing that Ottawa just did with Debrinket. He's not working out. Instead of trying to make it work, we're just going to move on. Yeah. No, I, I 
completely agree. I, I just I didn't fully understand the Zadina one either, and I guess we can kind of transition into that. But I I just feel like they never gave him the opportunity. It felt like his minutes were always down. But again, we're being, we're out here, mm-hmm. so I don't see what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know if his practice, his work ethic at practice isn't there. But the kid's got skill. We all know that. Absolutely. And so he ended up going, getting bought out by Detroit and signing a one times 1.1 in San Jose, mm-hmm. which to me is the perfect fit for him. I agree. The potential, and I love that fit for both sides. Yeah. Because bringing him in there, if he can get that uh, six overall pick, I believe it was six overall pick. Yes, it was. Uh, skill that yeah. you know he even dropped in that draft too yeah. and i remember him saying something after that draft like i'm gonna fill those i'm nets. gonna fill the net so <laughs> it, it's a it is it's interesting why detroit did that but again he he might just need a fresh start and i think it's perfect in san jose i would have loved i mean i said it to matt i would have loved to see the flyers make a move after him you know going after a natural goal scorer like zadina and at least what he was before he got to the league you know, when he was drafted, he was drafted to be this high-end goal scorer. So I was super, super uh, high on hopes that Philly would take a shot on him. But unfortunately, they decided not to. And I think the Sharks could have potentially landed something that could be huge for their organization or it could go really bad. But thankfully, it's a one-year, $1.1 million. It doesn't hurt to try. I absolutely love those prove-it deals like mm-hmm. that. A yeah. prove-it deal like that is just come in and prove – you can play next to Thomas Hurdle and yeah. because he's there forever. And which I still don't looking <laughs> back, I don't understand that contract, but it happened. He's there. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. Mike Greer that signed it. Yeah. So he's got to deal with it. Yeah. And Hurdle's a great player. There's no I, knock on him. Absolutely. It, had, it had nothing to do with him as a hockey player. Absolutely. But at his age and where the Sharks were at the time, it just made no sense. Yeah. But like I said, he's there. So if he can go in and fill the net with him, he's going to earn himself a solid three or four year deal next off season. And especially because of the fact that, you know, the sharks did just get declare as well from right. Florida. So that top line of, you know, potentially of Zadina hurdle and, and declare that that could be a really good line for Zadina to just kind of go out and play his game. I mean, obviously declare is more of a natural goal scorer. I feel like, like he's kind of what Zadina is, but an older version who's never really found a, a great team to, to stick with at least. That's how I feel with Declare that love the guy. I think he's an excellent hockey player, but he never really found a home until Florida. Yeah. You know, but that he, could be, that could be good for Zadina though. Yeah. Cause that's someone, like you said, I, I completely agree. The comparisons right there. Yeah. But one thing Declare did do is accept his new role. And yeah. I think that's what Zadina needs to start doing Yeah, is accepting like a new role of, okay, I'm going to be the third line goal scorer, which is perfectly fine. So, yeah, I I really did like that signing a lot. Uh, one other signing, I just honestly, you, you you showed me this page about ten minutes before we started, and I've been following the news, but this one really stuck out to me. Uh, Dennis Garyanov, a one times eight eight fifty k in Nashville. Yeah, talk about a risk or a no risk high reward signing. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. I mean, he was in Dallas. Was it two years ago now? He was, uh, he was there until the trade deadline. They flipped him for Dadanov right. straight up. That's right. That's what it was. And I feel like, well, was it last year where it was like, wow, he was really good in Dallas. And it was, or maybe it was two years ago. It might've been two years ago where he was really like, wow, this guy's got a lot of talent. He's got potential to be a high end winger. And I love the move on um, Nashville's end. I mean, Nashville is in a weird spot, you know, like, 
not sure what direction they're going. They're buying out guys. They're signing O'Reilly. Like it's not, it's not sure where what their plans are. But I love that contract. I mean, you know, it's he plays on your third line. He plays on your fourth line. He can slide on your top line. Whatever you want to do with him, you know, that's that's what's nice about that contract. Absolutely. And you know, them buying out like a guy like Matt Duchesne and create spots. Yeah, it, it does. It opened up spots for a guy like that. Yeah, he was very noticeable in the bubble when Dallas went on their run yeah. to the cup final. He was a beast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Dallas has been waiting for that guy. I honestly wanted Boston to trade for him for the last couple of years or for la- like during last year because his best years were under Jim Montgomery. And I, I just thought that fit would be great because mm-hmm. at the time, like last offseason with DeBrusque with like his trade request, I honestly – recommended that i'm like that'd be awesome if they could just flip them just yeah. do the flip trade because yep. both players need a fresh start yeah and then obviously debrusque had a great rebound season but i always i thought i think the potential is the same player right there so hopefully yeah hopefully nashville just found their guy moving on to another signing that was really interesting to me was Kyandre miller signing a two-year 3.872 aav i hate those extra a couple no. thousands. It always throws me off. Uh, just, just sign him to three point eight. Just sign him to three point eight. It's only seventy two thousand dollars. Is it oh, really matter? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he uh, he signed a two year deal. So he's a guy. I think uh, he's legit. He's he's growing into a Ryan McDonough oh, like yeah. level. His, he's big. He uses his his uh, his height to his advantage. He skates well for how big he is, mm-hmm. and I think the Rangers got a steal of a contract here, and he's gonna. Once these two years are up, they're gonna have to pay him. So, but I love the deal though because it's very team friendly. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. One of the comments on it is, "How are you supposed to live over three point nine in Manhattan?" <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, New York. Um, yeah, so I, I like I said. I really like that deal a lot. And yeah, 3.9 in Manhattan is maybe getting an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I like that contract a lot. I like the fact that it's two years, uh, gives him time to grow, find out what he can do. Um, it's two more years off of Truba's contract, which again, not, not anything against Truba's contract. I think it's a good contract. It's a little high, uh, for, for me personally, but, I think uh, people are going to realize real quick how much better Miller is as a defenseman than most of the defensemen on that team. Yeah. So I do like that. I think people are going to be like, Adam Fox, yes, he's clearly their best defenseman. But right after him, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's Miller, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, moving on, I'll let you take this one. Uh, Alex Newhook signs a four-year times 2.9 AAV in Montreal. So my first reaction to this was, I love this contract. I love it. I love the opportunity for New Hook. I love the, the amount that he's making for not really having a lot of time to prove what he can do. You know, he comes from Colorado, got the chance to win the Stanley Cup with them. And I think he had potential to really jump to that number two spot last year. But unfortunately, he just never could find consistency on the top two lines he was always playing bottom two but i do think he's got a lot of potential i think he's going to slide into that montreal team under 
uh, Nick Suzuki and, and really show like, hey, like I can play second line minutes. And I think he's going to be what um, Ryan Pullen, Pulling was supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, that true number two center where the pressure's off and new hook as far as trying to produce as a number one because they don't need that. They got Nick Suzuki who clearly can prove to be a number one center. So I do really, really like this contract. The only thing I don't like is the fact that it's with Montreal. Not a Montreal fan. Oh, I'm on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, you, you can't, you know, pick players to go to all the teams you like because certain teams would no longer be a part of the NHL. But uh, I do like the contract. I'm very happy for New Hook to get a deal like that and to, to potentially get an open spot with whether that's a center role or a winger. But to have the potential to jump into a team and play top two lines is exciting, you know, for sure. Yeah, big time. Uh, the the only thing I say that I don't like about it is Montreal is building a team that is very small. Yeah, they have. <laughs> as you watch in the playoffs this year, I mean, big big wingers, big forwards matter. Yeah, and Montreal has probably the smallest most skilled forwards in the league. Only Josh yeah. Anderson, I think, is their only. They do have Josh Anderson, and Slavkovsky is yes. yeah. definitely someone that is going to help. But yeah. it's everyone else, though. You're, you're depending on Caulfield and Suzuki, which one thing I will give them, though, and I think I've mentioned this before, is they have done it. Yes. They yeah. have gone through a four-round playoffs um run and mm-hmm. proven that they can they can compete with the big boys so that yeah. part i will give them but it's still some that's my only little concern otherwise the term is excellent yeah so yeah and unfortunately the size isn't new hooks fault <laughs> no no it's nobody's <laughs> fault it's just yeah it, it's just one of those things i think it's one of the reasons colorado wanted to move yeah. on because he just wasn't ever going to get a role over yeah. the guys on their team because they cannot give up on those guys that yeah. they have there so yeah uh transition into the next signing uh, I'll take this one. Oscar Sundquist signs, signs a one times seven point seven five k deal, and or seven point seven hundred and seventy five k deal in St. Louis. He was on my free agent list. That's why I wanted to bring him up. I just think he's such an impact player. Yeah. And if the Blues are going to turn it around, they definitely need to help their depth out. So and he he's I think this is his third stint in St. Louis. So I think he he fits that team for sure. Yeah, and the nice part, too, with him is the fact that they can bring him in if the Blues end up doing the same thing they did this year as they did last year with Biggington and that just crapping, you know, like crazy. Uh, They can flip him. Mm -hmm. Uh, That contract, that's an easy contract to flip, and he's a total playoff hockey kind of guy. You know, I think any team he goes to, he's going to be a huge impact. Uh, I love watching him play. You know, he's such a good whether it's third line minutes, fourth line minutes, it does not matter. He's effective where he's put. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So uh, one player you did want me to mention just real quick is Travis Dermott signing a one-year $800,000 deal in Arizona. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I like the move. I think Arizona is giving a guy that has unfortunately never really been given the chance to show what he can do on a – a team. Um, I mean, obviously he went to, to Vancouver and I'm, I didn't watch him closely enough last year to really say how he did. Uh, you know, he, I feel like he's another guy that same as Jake Gardner where they're in Toronto and just get crucified because they're not 
playing hockey the way Toronto fans can play hockey, supposedly. So, you know, it, it's a it's it's a bummer for him. I do think he's got potential to be a very good defenseman, but he's got to find that untapped potential there. And, you know, may, who knows, maybe Arizona can unlock it in him. And I think if, if they can, that's a nice first-round pick potentially that they could get out of him if he could really unlock and show, hey, I can play top two minutes. And he's going to get a lot of playing time in Arizona. You know, they don't really have um, a very deep, defensive core so i think he has the potential to really do something in arizona but he's got to find that the next level so that's my thoughts on it i definitely think it's a perfect fit for both sides i think it's a it's a cheap contract for arizona to bring in they're only going to help rejuvenate his career and if it doesn't work there he's done so yeah i mean i did catch a couple vancouver games and he kind of looked the same i'm one thing i'm excited for him is is to get out of canada because i think (laughs) the canadian markets they just killed some of the some of those markets they do they just kill players that the pressure is just so high out there in some of those cities especially toronto and vancouver so it's exciting it'll be exciting to see him go we're just playing in front of five thousand people you're not gonna have to worry about it well and, and obviously the the only other thing i wanted to point out too about him is if he can do anything like ghost did mm-hmm. ghost got traded from the flyers and went to arizona where the pressure was barely there and rejuvenated his career you know, I, I obviously Ghost is still, you know, not a guy that a, a team's going to sign to a really, really big contract as far as long term. But I do think that Ghost is, you know, showing people that, hey, I can be a top power play guy. I can play third line minutes. I'm not brutal in my own zone anymore. But, you know, he's playing with such less pressure. And I think that if Dermot can play that way, he could have a, a, a rejuvenated career. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the next move I wanted to bring up was Jesper Boquist signing a one-year, seven hundred and seventy-five k in Boston. I love this deal because Boston—they're tight in the cap right now. They mm-hmm. don't have it. So what they do this offseason? They just took cheap contracts on players. But the two players that I was really excited about was Morgan Geeky and now yeah. Boquist because they're two players that, to me, just haven't had the opportunity. Yeah. So. Maybe you're finding something. Yeah. That's the whole goal in this. There are two guys that can play center, and neither of them have had the opportunity, and both of them have been pretty open about, we just haven't had the opportunity. We want a chance. Yeah. And they're going to get the chance in Boston. So it'll be exciting. I I was a really big fan of that deal. Especially because I I do feel like he finished out last year in in, uh, New Jersey pretty high. You know, I I noticed him in the playoffs. You know, like, obviously he was in and out of the, the lineup um, I feel like in the, towards the end of the playoffs, just because they were trying to win, and you kind of unfortunately some guys always get booted out of the lineup. Same thing with Boston with Nick Foligno. Like yep. guys should never be pulled out of the lineup on any team he's on. But when you're in desperation, you, you know sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So that was the unfortunate part for Boquist. But I do think he's another guy that put him on the right line. You know, I, I do think he could produce. And, you know, obviously he has the potential to play wing, center. What does Boston need more than anything right now? Center. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's a good move for sure, especially for how cheap. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that one. Uh, Leo Carlson signing his entry-level contract with Anaheim. I was kind of – not that it should be surprised being a second overall pick. I think everyone was a little bit surprised that he got picked second because everyone definitely yeah. thought Fantilli was going there. But, yeah, it's looking like they're going to want to bring him to camp and see what he's got. So 
Yeah, and I was actually talking a little bit with Matt about this at uh, at work a couple of days ago. I said about how I was surprised that he got signed. Um, you know, like obviously Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli getting signed, not surprising. Um, but I was a little taken back by him. But Matt did tell me too that they may bring him in the camp, but they can send him back to um, Sweden, and it won't affect his contract. So I do like that. I like the fact that they have that potential with him. Um, does he make the team? Probably should he make the team? Maybe. You yeah. know, no, I completely agree. It's it's a risk because you don't want to you don't want to kill a kid's confidence. Exactly. Let him go play in a professional yeah. league over in Sweden, which yeah. is very high level. Yes. That will develop his game big time. But Absolutely. don't make him go head to head with McDavid being in that division. Don't make him go head to head with the Knights every single night. Like you're gonna feel it, and that's killed a lot of players' careers. Yeah, I I, I think there's a lot of players that you could look back on. And, you know, maybe that's something that you guys should do as a podcast at some point is guys that have been um, even top 10 yeah. that have jumped in the league too early and how they never came back. Now, Yakupov, yeah. not even in the league anymore. He made it, what, two years in Edmonton and basically was done then, you know, and, and he should have never been brought into that team as early as he was. He should have been sent back to Russia to, to learn and to, to grow. But people are just too driven to win now. And sometimes that's going to affect your organization long-term. Yes. So. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, Ty DeAngelo DeLandria signs a one year, 900 K in Dallas. Yeah. There's not really much to talk about on that one. He's a great player, great depth guy to have. Uh, he's their fourth line winger, kills penalties. Perfect deal for, in my opinion, for him. Totally agree with you there. Yep. Um, Next up, uh, Ty Smith. I think same thing. There's not really much to talk about on that one. He signs a one-year, 775K deal on that one. I uh, think this is another player that you're going to look at. This could be either the stepping stone for him or this is the end for him. Yeah. He's been in the league now, I think, three years. Uh, and every time he gets brought in, he plays and he seems to do some decent things and then next thing you know he's out of the lineup again and i think he's another guy that either needs to go to a brand new team that's young you know like a team like maybe like anaheim where they're all young guys you just let them play instead of a team like pittsburgh who's in win now like let him go to arizona and just see what happens i think that's the next step for him unfortunately that's my only thing i wanted to to say about Ty Smith. Yeah, but the pressure's, pressure's on, though. They gave up. You know, it was a terrible trade, but they gave up John Marino for him pretty much. Straight so, up? You, I think. I yeah, forget. There was, no, there was picks involved, but it wasn't anything that would wow you. It wasn't yeah. like a first-round pick and Ty Smith. It was yeah. not much. So he was the big part of the deal. Yeah. And, yeah, so he better. He, this is his opportunity. I agree. I completely agree. I think this is his last true chance. So... Um, next signing, uh, I'm curious to see what you have to say about this one. Tanner Janot signing a two year, 2.665 AAV in Tampa. My thoughts on this one is it's a let's lessen the blow of Alex Kalorn leaving. Uh, I think Janot has potential to be a 30 goal scorer, uh, uh, an 80 point guy. Maybe not 80, maybe more like, you know, 65, 70. Um, I do think he has the potential to be a very, very good hockey player. He's not the size like Tom Wilson 
uh, you know, like he, he plays a big boys game. You know, he makes you pay for everything you're going to do. You know, he was absolutely unreal in Nashville two years ago. I know he was on my fantasy team and destroyed for me. Uh, you know, I, I do think that it might be a little overpaid just for how unproven he is. But at the same rate, you know, he's probably demanding at least that. So unfortunately, you kind of have to, you know, fight both, especially because I'm pretty sure he was an RFA. So, mm-hmm. they, you know, you don't want to have to risk going to arbitration with him. And So I do like the contract. I do think it is a total cover up of Kalorn leaving and just kind of trying to to fill that hole. And that's a big hole to fill, unfortunately. So I hope for his sake he can do it. And I think he can, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, Kalorn leaving, Belmar leaving, Maroon leaving, Perry leaving. Yeah, bottom he, six. He's he's got to he's got to be all four of those guys in one. <laughs> is literally and that's what I see. Yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him. Also, I mean, they traded first round pick, second round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, and Philip Myers. They gave up a lot to bring yeah. him in there. A so lot. He uh, yeah. That, I mean, I like the deal honestly because I, I like the deal for both sides because it it is a little high. I kind of agree with the stupid cap the way it is but at the same time they need him to be all those guys in one yeah. go to arbitration i mean right away they're gonna go this guy's gonna impact your team more than anything he probably would have gotten more three yeah. and a half if yeah. he wanted to arb so i agree i think it was good to get that deal done for sure absolutely and i think it's gonna be you know we'll see what happens kind of thing i think it's got potential but um, I'm excited for it. You know, I think Tampa's got something going there and, and Tampa is in clear win now. Cause obviously they've been the three Stanley cups in the last four years. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they have to do, but I'm very curious to see. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, I really want to pick your brain on this. Um, Kuznetsov requests a trade out of Washington. Uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are on that one. Yeah. I, my initial reaction, honestly, I just saw it for the first time about, 10 minutes before we hit record. So I, I don't get why he would want to leave there. I, I understand it's been frustrating these last couple of seasons for him, but that's more on him, mm-hmm. in my opinion, than the team. The yeah. team is built the way the Caps have been built for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Since Ovechkin's been drafted, they've been building the same team. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just wants a fresh start, and that probably would be good for him. But off the top of my head, there's not really a team that sticks out for me. That's like, that's if I'm them, I'm going to get him. He's 12 goals, 65 assists. Like he's not going to, that's great. Like he's a great player, but he gets like 120 shots a season. I'm not giving a crap ton up to bring him in, honestly. So yeah, my first reaction when I saw that was "Mm, be careful what you wish for, buddy. Yeah. My thoughts on that when I first saw it, um, you know, what was that? a week and a half ago or whatever it was now, five days. So not even a week. Uh, I was surprised that he requested a trade. I thought for sure that they were going to trade him because they just want to get out of his contract uh, between that and the fact that he's bringing cocaine into the locker room. <laughs> so, you know, he wants a fresh start. He's not going to find one if he's, you know, doing cocaine on a regular basis. But, um, you know, my, my first reaction was for sure was, wow, I am really surprised that he's requesting a trade. You know, I completely agree with what she said about, you know, be careful what you wish for, because this is a guy that, you know, if he doesn't get traded, he's already, I feel like a borderline cancer. You know, does he become a 
absolute nightmare on the team and pull the team down even more? I don't think so because I think Ovechkin would not take that. But I'm very, very curious to see what steps Washington takes with him now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was. I completely agree. I, I'm. I don't even know what to say about it. Honestly, that I, I, really throws me back because Washington's only treated him great and. Yeah, I feel like he's fit that team pretty well. So I don't know. I don't understand it. <laughs> um, the lost my spot. Uh, the next move I want to say is a name that neither neither me nor you are going to be able to say unless you know it. Matthias Michelli, I think is how you pronounce it. I have seen this kid play multiple times, and I can never say his name right. Yeah, I thought it was Maselli, but Michelli, you could be right. Ah. I think that's what I remember the announcer saying. But anyway, Matt, come back. Matt. We need you, <laughs> Matt. I suck at this. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get at least one Tommy Boy line in on this. We there's no way we were going to make it through. <laughs> um, so. I can't believe that dude called me psycho. <laughs> Did you see yourself? You are a psycho. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, he signs a three-year at 3.425 AAV, which is very high. Um, now, he did have a, a pretty solid season last year. I mean, he still, he still only put up 11 goals, 38 assists. But on that Arizona team, they need, to, they need cap space. They need to hit the floor. And losing a couple of their – contracts that they took on of guys that have retired and stuff they need to fill the cap space so good for him for cashing in on it yeah i mean i think the only thing i would have liked to have seen more on that is if they're going to sign him 3.4 get him signed for five or six years at least yeah you know like i feel like they overpaid and didn't give him a good like a long contract to make up for excuse me uh, for overpaying for him so that was my only thing about it was Obviously, don't know much about him. Um, had a decent season. I mean, 49 points in 64 games. Not brutal. Um, but I do think he was a little overpaid for how short-term it is. But, you know, that's why I'm sitting here. Yeah. So. Yeah, once again, we, everything we say is just our opinions. It doesn't mean <laughs> we're right or wrong. It's just our opinion. Because it's interesting to see a guy like that get a three years at th- almost three and a half. And then this guy... Oliver Wallstrom gets a one-year 874K, a guy that has scored some goals in this league. So I was very – if I'm an Islanders fan, I'm pumped. That's a great deal for this year. For sure, you're going to have a guy on a team, in my opinion, that seems like they're going to want to win with this core. So they're telling him, we want you to be a part of the core, but go out there and give us another season. We need to see more from you. And – he did not have a very good year last year. No doubt he was not good enough for them, but the potential is there. He's got a rocket of a shot. Oh, yeah. His release is crazy. Hands and too. his hands are are filthy. So, yeah, I'm excited. I, if I'm an Islanders fan, I'm I'm excited to bring him back for another year. Yeah, that's. I, I think you nailed it on that one. I don't, I don't need to touch on that one. <laughs> Uh, the next one we wanted to discuss was Morgan Barron getting a two-year 1.35 in Winnipeg. Uh, just quickly bring up, took a skate to the face in the playoffs last year, and that was just so, yeah, the pictures aren't, that's the picture we're looking at right now. Uh, yeah. The Such hockey, a hockey player. Hockey player, the <laughs> definition of a hockey player right there. So, yeah, I love, I love his game. Depth player, 
again, that's what most of these are. We're talking about yeah. a lot of depth guys, but you know, these, these are the contracts though. Next year come playoff time, you're, we, you can look back on it and go like, wow, that was a great, you know, July 5th signing, especially deadline. Yeah. You know, some of these guys are going to get moved at the deadline and, and be on a winning team and, you know, potentially win another Stanley cup with a different team. If you're like, Oh my word, I forgot about him. It's like, yeah. You remember what he signed for? <laughs> yeah. That's why they can move him. Yeah. Well, well, this guy, you know, he's not, they're not trying to move him, but he ain't getting moved because he got paid, which is good for him. But Ross Colton getting a four year, $4 million AAV in Colorado. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's where we're going to start. Um, one of my good buddies, Austin, he is a diehard Avalanche fan. Um, you know, he, he's been to every single Avalanche game that has been in Philly. Uh, and not only that, he has gone to many, many games in Colorado. Huge, huge fan. I have a feeling he was pulling his hair out when he saw this sign. Um, love the, the term. You know, four years with, with Ross Colton, I love the term. But $4 million to a guy that realistically is a third-line winger, best-case scenario, um, has not proven to put up a ton of points yet. You know, again, I, I'm just uh, a simple fan, but I would be pulling my hair out if I was a Colorado fan right now, looking at four years at $4 million. They, they got Ryan Johansson for the next two years at $4 million. That That's a, that's a steal. This is not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And if I'm if I'm an Avs fan, my first question to management would be like, well, Alex Newhook signing four years at two point nine in Canada. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't we get him to sign that here? Mm-hmm. Instead, we gotta go get Ross Colton, who, in my opinion, he was supposed to be more mm-hmm. in Tampa. Tampa wanted him to be the Alex Kalorn when he did get that big deal like he got. They wanted him to be the next guy. So he never did. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that Colorado did that. One thing with Colorado I'm definitely going to mention is when um, George McPhee in Vegas, I know this is going to sound crazy right now, but George McPhee in Vegas stepped up to the president role and then Kelly McCrimmon came in as the general manager. Then that's when he went on to make all those crazy moves, mm-hmm. bringing in Pacioretty, all these guys that they had to just hand away. They tried to buy, buy, buy. Mm-hmm. And he struggled for a little bit. Now, obviously, they just won the cup, so obviously it doesn't look too bad. Yeah. But he recovered pretty well. Same thing happened. Yep. Colorado won the cup. Sackett moved up to president and brought in – I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah. But – um. He's only done things that's made me scratch my head. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> signing Nachushkin to the eight-year deal yeah. and signing now this. There's been a couple other things that have been a little head-scratching. Oh, letting Kemper walk and yeah. bringing in Georgiev, which I don't want to say was too head-scratching, but it was a risk. Yeah. It was a big risk. The only one I think – the only move I feel like he's made that's been good was um, bringing Ryan Johansson at $4 million. That was a good move. And then re-signing Bone Byram to a two-year, $3.8 million contract. That's a good move, too. Besides those two moves, I agree. I've been going, what? What? Why? Why? Like, right. yeah. But, yeah. Next up is Ilya Samsonov. Uh, no signings have happened yet, but he had filed. he has filed for arbitration. 
And it's looking like Toronto wants to sign him at 2.4 mil a year. He wants 4.9. It's a pretty big gap, especially for your starting goalie. They got to get him signed. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think they definitely need to get him signed. Uh, I think he proved in the playoffs that he has the potential to be a starter for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think he's much better than Matt Murray. Um, but I also think that a sack of potatoes is better than Matt Murray. So, you know, I, I think that um, it's a good move on his end. I, I think he's not asking for a lot, realistically. He's asking for starter goalie money. Yeah. Uh, so I think Toronto needs to kind of buck it up and, and pay him. But you knowing Toronto, they'll mess around and then take him to arbitration. And then you're going to do this big old thing and he's going to want out. And Toronto's going to be doing the same thing they've been doing for years, which is searching for a goalie. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can see Toronto saying they don't want to pay him 4.9 just because they're stuck with uh, Murray. Yeah. And they have that, I think he's at around $4 million on their cap. So I, I don't know if you've ever heard me say it before, but my opinion is is you can't spend more than 8 to $10 million in your goaltending. Yep. Eight's the, to, 10 is the max max, but 8 is where you should probably be, your goal should be at, yeah. and that would put them over. So. Yep. Uh, he, uh, I, I could see them meeting in the middle and if they, if they can meet in the middle and get like a 3.8 done, that would be massive yeah. for Toronto. Even if they sign him the four, yeah. you know, if it's four years at 4 million, yeah, that's not a bad contract and good for him because yeah. he bet on himself last yeah. year and took a one year deal to go there. Yeah. So, and I, I agree. I think Toronto needs to find a way to keep him. Otherwise they will not be competitive the next season I well, agree. in the season. They will become playoff time. It won't matter. Yeah. Uh, next contract is Brett Howden getting a two-year 1.9 AAV in Vegas. Uh, I love this deal. Love the depth that he brings. Again, another depth guy that we're talking about here, but he was big for them in the playoffs. Yeah. Just that guy that kills penalties, blocks shots, works hard, gives you that shift that brings momentum to the team. Well, not only that, I mean, his his line of Stevenson and Mark Stone, yeah. man, that was a that was an unreal line to watch. Yep. I mean, that, that line, every time they were out there, I was like, oh, something's happened. Yeah. Something's happened. Yeah. Well, and he's also that guy that can move up the lineup like yeah. that. Like, he was able to step into that role and yeah. really play well up there. And But realistically, I think at 1.9, they're going to want him to be. Yeah. But if you can get a guy like that, they can move up to your second line, but can also play your fourth line and third line. Yeah, that's you got to keep that guy around. Uh, the next one is one that we both were really excited about. Gabe Velarde getting a two-year, $3.375 million deal in Winnipeg. So I'll let you take this one. So I think Winnipeg is doing the, what they should be doing. Um, I think Winnipeg is just showing L.A. how much L.A. screwed up by going after Luke Dubois. Uh, you know, I, I don't need to say much about Luke Dubois as far as – because that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about Gabe Velarde. But – I love this contract. I think Gabriel already has the potential to be a 30, 40 goal scorer. He just has to stay healthy. You know, I, I know uh, towards the end of the season last year with LA, he ran into some injuries, but I think he's also going to go to a team that does not really have a top line player behind Mark Shifley. So I think he can really go in and fill that void and just really kind of run with it. I think at the contract that he's getting two years at 3.4, yeah, he's going to definitely get paid after these two years if he bets on himself the way that I think he could do. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a 
very effective shooter. I mean, I watched uh, a couple games with the Kings and Edmonton in the playoffs, and he stuck out every time he was on the ice. Yeah. He's he's quick. He's strong. He's big. He shoots hard and quick. So I'm really excited for Winnipeg. I feel like they're actually, I, again, I think they stole that trade from L.A. Um, just with getting Gabe Vardy. That's it. If they would have traded just Gabe Vardy for Pierre, I think they would have been getting a steal. So that's my thoughts on it. I 100% agree. No, I 1,000% agree because me and Matt talked about it before, but I don't mind talking about it again because I just think it was really just not very smart on L.A.'s part. I think that's definitely going to be one that they're going to look back on and be like, yeah, we gave up a little bit too much for a guy that just doesn't bring everything that they need. I think a guy like Velarde just fits the Kings perfect. I, I didn't understand why that's the guy they were willing to give up. I don't know for, for Dubois, like if they were bringing in someone else that would make sense, but I just because of, you know, waiting for Velarde to take off, you might want to go for a cup in these next couple of years. I get it. It happens. A guy like Velarde though, with this contract, I love it mm-hmm. because like you said, he is betting on himself. He's getting paid a decent amount of money, but also with the cap going up, they're saying it's going to be five mil next year, probably five mil again next year with the cap going up. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, 10, hopefully oh. like eight to 10 mil in the next two years. I'm sick of this flat cap. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ruining a lot of things, but for a guy like that to sign a two year deal, he's going to get, he's definitely going to get some money come uh, 2025, 20, 26. So I love that deal. And I agree with the trade because Lardy fits Winnipeg. Perfect. In my opinion, he, he's the type of player that they've been, they need, they need someone that's going to work hard. And bring an eye follow in too. Mm-hmm. They got some work on that team. They're mm-hmm. not gonna. They're not gonna. You know, be lazy like Dubois is. Yeah. So hopefully their superstars will show up for games. Yeah. And their coach won't be so yeah. angry. And yeah, I mean it is. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That is truly embarrassing. And yeah. he's not wrong. He just nope. he just spoke the truth. So I actually kind of like the fact that it's kind of nice to see a coach calls players out. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's rare, especially a guy like Rick Bonus who. Is, he is an older guy. He's an older coach, but he's been very respected in this league. Yeah. He does not. But one thing, I watched a lot of Stars games. That's one of my favorite teams to watch. And when he was head coach for the Stars, they did those like on-the-bench interviews and stuff. He is literally – he just tells you how it is. He doesn't beat around the bush. He's, if it's positive, he'll tell you the positive. If it's negative, he'll tell you the negative. So – it's really cool to see a guy like that step up and really just call them out. And then in that offseason, having a guy like that get traded, yeah, he, his voice mattered. So that's cool. Well, and it shows you that uh, ownership is not giving into the player, it's giving into the coach. And, you know, Pierre Luc Dubois, I think, kind of made it known that he's not sticking around. Yeah. Even if they gave him eight years, I don't think he would have stuck around. I think he wanted out before he even got traded there. Um, goes to LA. Maybe for once we'll see a version of Pierre Luc Dubois that actually skates and tries hard. I doubt it because I have not seen that out of him yet. Um, I mean, if you want to watch a very funny clip, watch him. Uh, you know, type in on YouTube uh, Pierre Luc Dubois lazy hockey, and it pulls up a video of him literally getting off for a shift, going to the blue line and gliding from blue line to blue line, not touching anything, not doing anything glides back to the blue line again and goes off. And that was under John Tortorella. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about a guy that's not going to accept that? 
that's John Tortorella. And I feel like that's literally what this coach with Winnipeg was doing too, was like, dude, like we need to see some hustle out of you. And he was like, nah, it's fine. I'll, I'll go to LA and get overpaid and have to skate less. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I believe that was his last shift as a blue jacket too. Yeah, I it was. was. I think that was like their final straw. Like, all right, we got, we're done. Yep. You're going to get healthy scratch and you're not going to play anymore. Cause this is, we need you to be better. Yep. So yeah, the, uh, Last signing I want to bring up is Tomas Nosek signing a one times one in New Jersey. I've watched Nosek for the last two years play in Boston, and he's it's it's perfect. That was the perfect. I did honestly. I, I just dropped the ball. I completely missed that he was a free agent. When I saw him sign, I was like, oh, <laughs> like not that Tomas Nosek's going to be the biggest difference in the world, but on a team like Jersey that's trying to grow and yeah. trying to take that next step, yeah, perfect. They brought in Curtis Lazar and the trade deadline and he did fine but no six another level of curtis lazar he's your prototypical perfect fourth line center yeah so i love that ad he's a uh i think he's a younger version of um belmar yeah where he just he knows his role he has accepted that um and he's good with being a fourth line guy and showing the young guys hey this is how you play hockey the right way and uh you know he's i think he's one of those guys that every coach goes i want more of him on my team just plays the smart simple hockey yeah yeah for sure and he kills penalties he's gonna start every penalty kill for jersey uh and that's big that's big time come playoff time especially he's very good at it too yeah he, he wins very clutch face-offs boston's gonna miss him a lot but yeah. i love the fit in jersey yeah so is there uh is there any other ones you wanted to discuss because me and matt were lucky enough to already talk about it and I actually haven't really been able to talk to you about anything that's happened in the offseason. So if there's anything else you want to bring up, now's the time. Not really. I mean, I think we kind of um, – I think we got us at least caught up uh, to where you and Matt kind of left it off. Uh, you know, I think we touched on, for the most part, I think a lot of the, the signings that um, – again, mostly depth signings. Um, I think the only one I would – mention would be um andreas uh johansson uh signing a one-year 800k with pittsburgh uh, i like this signing i think this is another guy that you know in toronto had the potential to be a top six forward and just you know never really could make it work and then they ended up moving him pretty quickly and i think he got moved a little too quick uh but i do think he has the potential to be very very good uh you know he's another guy that you throw on a wing with um, you know, Jake Getzel and, and Sidney Crosby, and it's like, whew, he's a young, speedy winger. Uh, I don't know how young he is anymore, but I do know that, um, he, you know, he's familiar with uh, Kyle Dubas, and I think Kyle Dubas kind of regrets that moving him out of Toronto. So I do like the fact that Pittsburgh's going for him, and I think he's another guy that he's signed cheap, 800K. You know, it's it's a, I think it's a smart move on Pittsburgh's end to bring in a guy that, has not proven a whole lot to put on a line with whether it's Malkin or Crosby and just say, Hey, go play hockey, mm-hmm. do what you do. And, and just kind of let him um, find his, um, his calling maybe with the team potentially. I completely agree. Actually, I missed that one. Uh, Pittsburgh's done. What was their issue all year? It was just their depth. Yeah. And I just see right now they signed Vinny Henestrosa to a one-year 700K deal. I so like that one too. Both guys, they've, they, you know, they've added those two. They've added Lars Eller. They've, um, 
they've added Matt Nieto. Like they've really just bolstered that whole bottom six. So I, I completely agree. And I agree. Johnson's definitely someone that can move up the lineup for sure. I think he's another guy that the case was in Jersey. He just lost his, his role. Yeah. He lost his opportunity yeah. there. And yeah, I completely agree. I like that ad for them. Um, yeah. So any, any other ones or are you uh, pretty locked up? I think I'm locked up. Uh, you know, I think we uh, we did pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, um, this was this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming in and giving us giving all the all like I've I've been wanting to talk about all the new stuff that's gone on. And there was you you introduced me to about 15 new things that I was kind of aware of, but didn't think I'd have you know an hour and a few minutes conversation about it. So. It's yeah, been, it's been a lot of fun to talk about that. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you know getting the uh, the call up uh, to to join the the pros in the uh, yeah. the podcast talk. Yeah, yeah um, even though the fact that I'm still the second pick, <laughs> but that's all right. You know, I do appreciate yeah, uh, you know what you and Matt have done. You guys are doing a great job, and I think you guys are building awareness to a sport that we love. Um, and not only that, but you're doing it with no politics. And, uh, and I love that. I love you guys just talk hockey and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on. Yeah. Oh, appreciate the words. Yeah. That's one of the things we really try to push. We just want to talk hockey. We're just two guys that I think Matt's mentioned it before. in one of our first episodes, you know, we get together and just talk and it would be like six hours later. And I look down and it's midnight in the parking lot and like, I got to go home. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot to talk about. Hockey's our favorite sport. Hockey's hockey's been my life and i just love love hockey and i can talk hockey forever so yeah i really appreciate those words and we're excited to do that and hopefully uh hopefully we get one of those sponsors one day yeah and i I think another thing that's really cool too is the fact that like yeah i remember how many times we'd sit at buffalo wild wings and and in the parking lot and it'd be like you know 12 one o'clock and it's like dude i gotta go to work tomorrow like i gotta go home um but yeah, I mean, building awareness is is the way it starts. You know, you 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 got to find something, a product that you like building, and and go from there. Uh, you know, some getting some sponsors would be pretty cool. You know, shout out to some uh, to Stumble Guys. See if we can get a po- or a, a little sponsorship from there. Matt's been trying to pull Stumble Guys to sponsor our hockey team, so we're uh, you know we're gonna throw out some names there. You know, um, Matt would appreciate that for sure. Uh, for for the fans that are listening, though, uh, there is a big roller tournament going on this this week. Uh, State Wars, huge huge tournament. Um, you can watch all their stuff. I think on either YouTube or LiveBarn.com. Uh, Pro starts tomorrow, and if you guys want to watch some good hockey while you're in the off season, go watch Pro Roller Hockey because you will not regret it. It is awesome to watch. Uh, Palma Pro is in my mind, the best tournament of the summer. Um, the best roller hockey players from all around the world. There's a team from Sweden here this year. So definitely take some time out of, out of your week to try to catch a game, and you will not regret it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing, too, that we're trying to push on here because roller hockey is definitely a it's, – it's, if you've never played it, play it because you're going to fall in love. It's, it's so fun. The skill level of it is insane. and. Matt and Zach were kind enough to let me join a league that I personally don't feel like I belong in because my my uh, I'm out of shape a lot. But they uh, they so might it's all right. <laughs> but it is a blast to play in because the skill level of some of these guys are it, it's very high and it's it's very fun to watch. It's very fun to play. 
and like Matt or Zach just said, you know, the the pro level is unbelievable. The skill level that is played in that. So, yeah, highly recommend watching that. And I'm glad you pointed that out because one of those things that I really want to do is to keep pushing that because I think it would be, it, it, you know, if you have a voice, if you can try to talk about it, it it's fun to watch. It's fun to play. It's cheaper to play. <laughs> uh, and if you want to play any sort of hockey, and honestly, if there's any kids that you want to get your kids started into hockey and you honestly, you can't afford it because ice hockey is a very expensive sport. Highly recommend starting them in roller. Absolutely. Because you can only grow your game from yep. there. Absolutely. So, it's a great, great way to, to introduce yourself to a sport without, you know, paying an arm and a leg to do it, you know, and um, it's obviously, it's still sports, so it's still going to be expensive in a way, but you will not regret getting your kids in the roller hockey, um, not just because of the sport, but the community. Uh, it's a very um, good circle of people to be a part of. Uh, you know, my, uh, some of my roller buddies are some of my best friends and have been for years. So it's a great community to be a part of for sure. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, once again, thanks for joining us today and, uh, hopefully the people enjoy it and we'll, we'll definitely have you on again at some point. Absolutely. Actually, we're going to have you on again for another one because oh, you're going to hear it. Yeah, take that Shane. How do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> Wow, how did I get here? <laughs> so, all right, uh, we'll stop boring you with our Tommy Boy quotes. Uh, thanks We're just for getting started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shnikes. <laughs> so, all right, uh, thanks a lot for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, see you next time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll listen again. <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, people. Have a good one.